Hello and welcome to our next encounter lesson. Um, Want to say thanks for joining in the last couple of weeks. It seems like every time we do one of these things, we're both behind. Hopefully, after this one, um, we're back on a normal schedule. We're doing normal yeah. things. Everything will be hopefully slightly better. In, hopefully, in yeah, a little, little more normal. As you can tell, I have a new background. It's new, new place. We moved this last week in between our recordings. Um, so this is my my new office in my new home. So, ta-da! Ta-da! And I think I am done with my long summer of stuff. We had our pause program, mm -hmm. um, taught Old Testament. I uh, had some good students, attentive, uh, and that's finished. So hopefully now we can get back to, to some semblance of normalcy, yes. whatever that means. Amen. That's and remember trick. to uh, hit the buttons below, hit like and subscribe, and join us on our weekly adventure in the encounter. Absolutely. Um, so we are going to be, we've, we've done the book of Job. We've, we've made it through and now we're hitting on to the next book of the wisdom literature, which is Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Uh, that we're going to study. So for the rest of the time, we're in Ecclesiastes, um, looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite books for many reasons. Uh, so Ecclesiastes chapter one, uh, the prayer for illumination today. Eternal God, it is said that if we lack wisdom, we should ask for it. We ask today that you give us wisdom so that we might live right in this world of overwhelming foolishness. Amen. Um, Amen. Good. It's a good prayer to use on occasion. It, it, it is, absolutely. And then our memory verse for today from Ecclesiastes 1, verses 1 and 2. The words of the teacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, says the teacher, Vanity of vanities, all is vanities. Um, before we get into this, I would like to say I love this book. It is right I, up I my love alley. Ecclesiastes, yeah. Um, and I think James and Ecclesiastes, I really like both. James just kind of punches you in the face and tells you how it is. And Ecclesiastes no. is kind of the way, the same way too. I mean, a little more poetic in the way it's presented, but um, definitely, you know, really take a look at life around you because. Yeah. So um, one of the reasons why I like the book of Ecclesiastes, when this preacher does evangelism, because um, I'm not an evangelist, I'm, I'm, more of a, I'm more of a teacher, but I've had opportunities for evangelism. Um, I have found the book of Ecclesiastes to be the go-to book to begin spiritual conversations with a uh, culture that is, that is at best <laughs> questioning. Um, our, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Now, um, because they think... <laughs> Like, especially in college settings, when 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 the students at the community college or when I was in ministry with high school students and all that, um, sometimes the book of the Gospel of Mark is a good one to use because it's very action oriented. The pace is a lot quicker than it is some things. Um, but Ecclesiastes, you know, like it says, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. What Koheleth, which we'll get to. Um, struggles with is really the same thing a lot of our our culture struggles with what's the meaning of life and like even if you find some meaning something crazy happens and and you see good people go down and you see bad people rise or you see people doing everything right but then they're frustrated yeah anyway it's just it's a good book to start with um yeah 
And I would encourage anybody that if they're in a relationship where somebody's just a questioning or critical type person, that's a good, it's a good one to start with. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. All right. So you want to throw in on the introduction here? Oh yeah. Let's start with that discussion question. Cause that, that was good. Let's ask if yeah. Reverend Becky, you had more money than you could spend fabulous house garments, the envy of the industry and a huge adorning family, would it be possible to find happiness and true meaning in life? What say you? No, no. Um, if you have done any kind of research, all the research right now states that, you know, we think that more money equals happiness. And, and in our culture, it's always the bigger paycheck, the bigger house, the bigger whatever, blah, 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 blah. Every study that has been done, they find that that more money equates happiness up till about seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, seventy-five. I think it was seventy-five. Yeah, it's now seventy-five. So then yeah. it just it kind of tops off. You you can make a six-figure income, but you're not going to be any happier than you were making seventy seventy-five thousand dollars a year, um, because there's a point where there's at that level there's a security that your bills are paid that you have food on your table and that if something breaks down, you can fix it. And you right. don't have to worry about robbing Peter to pay Paul to make sure that something is taken care of. But beyond that, it's not, it's not going to make you any happier. So, so no, um, having all the money in the world and having a million houses and, and, uh, clothing, the envy, it's not going to find any any more happiness or the true meaning in his life. It's You're a better not. Christian than I am. I would like to give a shot. <laughs> you want to try? I want to do some research. <laughs> give it the gold it's college legit. effort. <laughs> I would like to try just to see. And and I, I say that somewhat jokingly. Essentially, as we go through the book of Ecclesiastes, that's exactly what Kohel says he does. He put his yeah. heart toward everything that he could possibly think that could give him some type of joy. Yes. But we hear this refrain, meaningless, meaningless, or vanity, vanity, or mist, yeah. vapor, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's all yeah. vapor. It all, it, all, it all goes away. So I think yeah. what you're saying is true. Like, I think it's absolutely true when you're poor, not by choice, it can bring frustration. Sure. Everything feels frustrated. Because that's when you struggle with, with are you going to have enough money to buy your kid's next meal? or replace tennis shoes or make sure that they have the school supplies or what happens when the car breaks down and you don't have a savings to pay for the car repairs you know i mean i've lived the majority of my adult life in that <laughs> in in that vein you know so it's it's frustrating all the time because you're you're just waiting for the next thing to happen to put you back um where you tried to build yourself up from, you know, and so it, it can be really frustrating. Um, and so I understand what the studies are saying that, you know, you kind of cap off at the happiness level, but um, just for security issues, but it still doesn't bring you any more happiness. I mean, you can be incredibly poor and still be incredibly happy because you have a wonderful family that loves you and supports you and yeah. takes care of you, you know, and you can be incredibly rich and just have the worst family on the planet. There's a few of those, I think, um, on television shows, we won't name names, but, um, 
but the true meaning of life is you know that's that's not the true meaning of life either the true yeah. meaning of life is jesus obviously so the, the other reason as to why i really like we've answered that one of the reasons as to why i like ecclesiastes is a, it is somewhat it i think dr estes brings up the word pessimistic i wouldn't say pessimistic i would say realistic like it's, it's real yeah. um yes. and and that's i i highly value that kind of thing like um and I think that's where a lot of our kids are, culture is. It's just, we want something real. Um, and I think uh, Ecclesiastes, in a better way, actually, I would say than Job, at least maybe in a more satisfying way, a way I can relate to a little bit better, mm -hmm. um, explores the the meanings and purposes and, and whatever of life. Um, then Dr. Estes brings up about halfway down, you know, like some of the beautiful, memorable passage in Ecclesiastes. Do you have one that you would like to highlight? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I'm I'm with him on that Ecclesiastes three, you know, that for everything, there is a season and a time for everything under heaven. Um, that is probably the one that I've heard the most. Um, but I also really like the first verse of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> when i'm having one of those days you know when i'm having one of those days i'm like yeah just it's it's all meaningless who cares you know um my favorite one um and i remember reading it in bible college because i came out of a uh, restaurant world probably wasn't the best christian in the world um wow. and so there was this one verse and, and it goes back to this realistic thing where it says, don't be too righteous, but don't be too wicked. All right. It's mm. enough. That you don't have to let go of one to hold on to the other. Um, trying to find exactly where it's at. But the reason as to why I thought it was um, important is because nobody lives perfection in this life. No. Um, nobody. So it's Ecclesiastes 7, starting at about 16. I'm going to read it. Um, starting in verse 15. I'll, I'll read 7.15. In my vain life, I have seen everything. There are righteous people who perish in righteousness, and there are wicked people who prolong their life in their evil doing. Do not be too righteous and do not act too wisely. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be too wicked and do not be a fool. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you should take hold of the one without letting go of the other, for the one who fears God shall succeed both. Like, it's a really weird passage. Yeah but I think I know it because I think I've lived it. Like in yeah, some sense, yeah. we're not Pharisees. We don't act pompous. And then at the same time, we're not, you know, we're not running around with prostitutes either, but we're trying to live life the best we can. And we don't yes. want and, and we don't want to lose touch with reality um, and become fanatical. Uh, somehow you hold on to the one without letting go of the other. And you, right. and you try to be an authentic human being, warts and all. Mm -hmm. um and that's an amazing thing um i think oh and i i agree i think this generation especially you know talking to my my son and my daughter um and, and your children are about the same age as my my kids are that is something that i think people are craving and i don't know if it's a, our social media world 
that has inflated everything if it's if it's just instagramming everything and all the filters that they have where everybody looks perfect and um you know and they act perfect and they drive this beautiful car and yeah. you know the maserati and whatever you know and it's and people living out in the real world the younger younger generation they recognize that this isn't reality and and so this is a good dose of reality through Ecclesiastes. I, I think that's the best part of Ecclesiastes. And then he brings up yeah. the final. The other part, the other verse that I would say is my favorite Ecclesiastes would be just, you know, toward the end. Fear God, keep his commandments, yes. best we can do. Pretty much yep. is what is what uh, Ecclesiastes. Yeah, sums it up right there. I mean, that just, it's the best we can do as a person is to do our best, no matter what that looks like, um, to do our best to fear God. So, good introduction. Let's yeah. move on to and explore. Welcome to Ecclesiastes. Yeah, welcome to Ecclesiastes. So, the historical and contextual setting, right? So, uh, Dr. Estes brings up the author uh, a little yeah. bit. Um, well, he brings up wisdom because obviously wisdom, it's a wisdom book, but it does yeah. seek out exactly what wisdom is. Um, and so, there's a, there's a discussion on who the author uh, of the book of Ecclesiastes is and uh, lots of different theories on that. Um, did you want to jump in and give your, give yeah, your you know, I mean, obviously Solomon is the one that most all of us have ever heard about that Ecclesiastes is the writer. I really appreciated what Dr. Estes pointed out that we don't really know, honestly, who wrote it for certain. Um, we have clues that we think it probably is Solomon, um, but Solomon is is never actually named. Um, I've always thought it was Solomon. It's Solomon. Okay. Don't spend too much time on this, my friends. Okay. Solomon. <laughs> Just for the couple reasons. I mean, son of David. All right. Yep. So that limits sure. it to, you know. And then all of Israel, the king of all of Israel. And then all of Israel. Israel. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Those now, again, I think the, uh, what is, I mean, the, the argument to that would be like it's a corpus in the sense of there's a group of people that are writing and attributing it in the name of Solomon to things. Sure. But I don't know why you have to do that. You no. know, I, I've always, we've talked about this before. I'm always kind of just, uh, the simplest answer is the best answer, usually. Yeah. From, um, and Keep I could it be simple. Um, the KISS method. So, yeah, I think that's really, really important. Um, so he's referred to, though, time and time again through this book as Kohelis. Right. And that's an important. So, like, we call it the book of Ecclesiastes. And then it's written by Kohelis, right? Uh -huh. uh, and so Kohelis, meaning the preacher or the teacher. Yeah. Um, I had a uh, one of the guys I worked with at TGI Fridays in St. Louis. He was a jerk. And uh, he would call me Kohelis. Um <laughs> It was That's really awesome. funny. Those of uh, the more Hispanic descent would call me Padre, um, but he would call me Kohelis. And then my boss would call me all kinds of names. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an interesting working environment. <laughs> it was. Um, you know, but the teacher. But I think what he brings up here, I think is important. It's not just, you know, teacher. It's not. It is, it is in the context of a class or a gathering, yes. right? So it's not just this learned person. But in some sense, it's personalized in that this person is inviting us to sit at his feet or, you know, around him at his desk. Yeah. And he's and trying to listen. say, listen, yeah, let me let me give you some of the thoughts, because I've really if you read yeah. through the book of Ecclesiastes, he's one of those guys that's like, hey, I did it all. 
Like, yeah. Whatever pleasure was out there, I set my I, heart toward it. I've done it, man. I've tried it. All right. And so let me tell you yeah. what I've done or what I've experienced or learned so that maybe you don't have to go that route either. Right. So yeah. that's I, I see this as like a parent teaching their children. Right. But yeah, then you have those rebellious teenagers who are like, yeah, whatever. You haven't actually done everything. <laughs> and so then we go out and try it ourselves anyway. Um, and then we come to, you know, I'm, I'm at that age. I'm that middle-aged. Um, if you ever watch the Bible project videos, they refer to the author as like a middle-aged critic, right? He's the, he's the one that's kind of sitting around going, Hmm. And I've kind of reached that age now where I look back and go, yeah, I, I think I appreciate Ecclesiastes even more as I've gotten older because it makes more sense to me the more life that I have lived. Yeah, I can't remember. I've always said, you know, the um, Statler and Waldorf from the balcony on Sesame Street. Just uh, yeah, old jerks that just tell the yes. truth. <laughs> Whether I, you like to hear it or not, they're yeah. going to speak it out to you. That's who I think <laughs> wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> What a great conversation that would be between those two. It would be fun, but I, I, but I do like it. Like I said, there's this just sense of honesty, like right to where you just, there's, um, and, and realism that's just really good, but it doesn't also go, but it's not as mysterious as like the book of Job, right? Everything that like very few, I say that very few of us have experienced the death of all of our children, Mm. bankruptcy, all at the same time right most of us have experienced the frustrations of just everyday life what work is why am i doing the work i'm doing like why don't you know why why are things so difficult just to live like right we can all we can all approach that and you don't get like the non-answer there is some non-answer but at least you know it's in a conversation and it's not um it's just different than the book of job yeah Uh, and i think that's helpful it's like the guru just kind of sitting there and telling you, you know, when you ask your question and instead of dancing around it saying, look, you know, this is just, this happens in this life, things happen like this and there's no explanation or rhyme or reason. There's no, it just is Yeah. just because it is. Yeah. And then we work it out in Ecclesiastes a little better mm-hmm. than God just coming down and say, suck it up, big boy. Right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> You know, at least we can yeah. we can share with one another a little bit. Yeah. Here. Um, so I think that brings us into the discussion question. We've, we've touched on it brief, briefly. Why do we associate Solomon with wisdom? Where did Solomon get his wisdom? Read James 3.17. When or how often have you prayed for divine wisdom? Mm. So we associate Solomon with wisdom uh, because he asked for wisdom. You know, God had came to Solomon in a dream and he said, ask me of anything. And Solomon said, I need wisdom and knowledge to rule your people. And so that's how he got his wisdom. Now, James 3.17 tells us that you don't have wisdom unless you ask for wisdom, um, which is interesting. From above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield fruit, full of mercy and good fruits without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah. So when, when, and how we've prayed for divine wisdom, you know, I think when I studied the book of James, 
it made me aware that I need to ask for wisdom almost on a daily basis. Um, and that's something that I do pray for frequently is, is for divine wisdom, especially when as a pastor, you get sudden phone calls with life circumstances and situations that are happening that you are not prepared for, you know, all of a sudden you get this phone call and people are frantic on the other end. And I, and I learned to just very quickly while the person is speaking to ask for the wisdom, to have the right words to say at the right time, um, to help this person go through whatever it was that they were, they were facing in front of them. And I also learned through that to make sure that when my children come to me, instead of being reacting like a normal mom, <laughs> or maybe, you know, just the, that frantic mom that sometimes I am to, to take a breath and ask for wisdom and how to deal with my children. Um, and that right. has made a huge difference in my parenting, um, and a huge difference in, in my marriage. You know, my husband and I are very different people and as most couples are, um, and so sometimes I need to take a step back in a conversation and just say, okay, God, what is it that I need to say here? Don't let me say something I shouldn't in these conversations. I get that. Um, for me, like the, the best, the, the thing that shows Solomon's wisdom the most was the fact that he knew he knew nothing. Yes. And so yes. he started with the fear of the Lord. So when, yeah. um, when in Kings, you read about Solomon taking the throne and God said, you know, what do you need? And, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm just a kid and I'm stupid. So if I'm going to do what you really desire, it's yeah. going to be from you. Yeah. Um, and so then God obviously was pleased and, and granted him wisdom. He asked, and I think that's, that's a good place to start. I think yes. that's where, and he, he didn't And the nation of that. Israel flourished under Solomon. I mean, truly flourished yeah because of his um, wisdom right and then and he knew that it wasn't um he knew it wasn't from him uh right. and so i think when so when we think about the wisdom books i think the whole of the wisdom books the point of them is the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom yep we start there hopefully we end there and then hopefully our life is built up in between the beginning of that and the end of that right and we become wise when we seek that out and 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 it's a journey because you know, Solomon wasn't exactly the, wasn't always the best eater. I had a lot of daddy no. in him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there's that. Uh, he might have had a couple wives. Yeah. That could have cost. That might have turned you know. his heart away a couple times. Maybe. As well. When have I, or how often do I pray for divine wisdom? I'm a terrible human being in this sense. Um, I go full throttle. And then when I start getting frustrated. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I guess we need to ask now for help. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's some of my personality. I mean, Could I think be. we all have this personality I, and it's spirituality too, I guess. But sure. I mean, we all have our thing, like our struggles. Mine is gung-ho, ask questions later, um, which is an advantage sometimes. Other times it's not. It just kind of depends. But I think you've said it right to... Um, children force you to you don't realize how stupid you are until you're trying to guide children who are even stupid. oh man <laughs> you know and, and some of the things that my kids would do I just I remember 
thinking, what the heck? And then, and then as soon as the conversation was done, I would pick up the phone and call my mother and apologize. Cause I remember doing the same thing to my mom. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you just don't want to damage them permanently. You know, you just want to get them out of the house still functioning fairly well. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. So far as that, are you good with that? I'm good with that. Let's do it. Let's dig a little deeper here. Let's dig a little deeper. We've kind of already talked about all the stuff that's in the... uh, digging deeper part uh so like but i think it's good uh dr estes brings out that it looks like some of these chapters seem like it's almost from a personal journal or someone who is who is aware that it might be read later yeah right it's like if you're writing in a journal that you don't think anybody's going to read you'll you'll write a certain way if however and a lot of really famous people in the past have done this they'll write personal journals that they know good and well is going to be read and portrayed later. Sure. I think we got a little bit of that, and that that's okay. That's good. Um, um, I think I want to just hit on the uh, the discussion question. Okay. Um, when we go back to the scripture selection, um, we read. You know, a vanity, vanity is all in vanity, all is vanity. A generation goes, a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Um, and then he goes down to talk about, uh, oh, wait, I shouldn't have skipped verse two. All is vanity. Um, what do people gain from all the toil, verse three, from all the toil at which they toil under the sun? A generation comes and the generation goes. Um, so what is it? Like, uh, the question then is, what is the purpose or meaning from all the toil or work, depending on the translation that you have hmm. under the sun? Do you find meaning in your work? Why or why not? Hmm. Those are great questions. They are. As we, as we have just moved, um, and Chris and I talked about this before we started, but we went from a very large house to a much, much smaller house. And I think about all the toil that I have done for all of the things that I had that I have consequently in the last two days given away yes. because I, you know, because I don't, I don't have room for them in, in my new house. Um, and so that makes me think about toiling for things a little bit differently um, than I probably would have before. As we have got, talked about spiritual disciplines too, Uh, a lot lately some of the things that I was thinking about is the practice of simplicity but also learning to be a good steward and I think in our culture we think we need to toil to amass this accumulation so that we leave something for our children right um if that was it I could see that but a lot of times we just want to amass stuff because it's stuff and we like it that well that's true we really do um you know but do our children really want the same things that we have and so do we put in all this time and effort to amass this this vast thingness that we have and then what do you what do you do with it right um you give it away or somebody sells it or it gets neglected and nobody cares about it and it breaks down and 
gone, you know? So, I, I mean, th those are things that I think about. Um, as far as finding meaning in my work, I haven't always found meaning in my work, but now for sure. Um, That's a blessing. It is a huge blessing. Um, I find meaning in it because I'm helping people find the wisdom that I had been searching for. I was one of those angsty teenagers that walked around pondering the meaning of life. I mean, I know nobody can imagine that, but I was, I was always trying to figure out what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose here? Why, why am I going through the things that I'm going through? And now I'm at a place where I don't know that I have, I, I know I don't have all of the answers. But as you said before, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of this, the beginning and the end. And, and so in my work now, that is where I find the purpose and the meaning and what I'm doing is helping people find Jesus and understand that no matter what insanity is going on around them, no matter what craziness is happening in their life, if you have God at the center, if you fear God, and do your best to follow his commandments, it's going to work out um, no matter what it looks like at the moment. And, and that's where I find my meaning. I think that's good. I mean, I think like I've always, I, I have been thankful for a very long time um, for a couple things. Like I've always found fun in my work, even in the restaurant work up until the very end when I was struggling with whether to do it or the, or the church. I mean, I just, I've always found some purpose and work um mm -hmm. I've liked it um and like you especially now like I, it doesn't take me a whole lot of dots to connect to say some of the work that I do influences lots of people yeah. um and I take you know some pride in that hopefully in a good way not pride and like you know um you the know bad, vanity the, the, the vanity time. type pride. yeah yeah hope I don't uh, they, they don't pay me enough to get real vain about it uh, <laughs> But it, but it also, and then the other way is like every bit of education that I've tried or mm -hmm. gone through has helped me for this very moment. And yes. there's not, you know, there's a lot of people who have spent thousands of dollars learning something that they don't get to do. Yeah. And so like, I, I know I'm blessed in that and I'm deeply thankful um, that that has occurred uh, because not everybody gets it. Um, right. So I'll say that. And so, like I said, yes, I find meaning in my work. Um, and then it's a hearkening back to, like we've said this a couple of times when we talk about the book of Genesis in chapter one, mm -hmm. 15 through 17, 15 through 18, we're like one of the commandments that God gave humans at the very beginning was to be fruitful. Yep. And fruitful, not in the sense of multiplying life, you know but be fruitful in that everything that your hand puts to work or you, you put your hands to work at, it brings forth fruit. Yes. And it is meaningful and it is good. And then unfortunately, one of the um, consequences of original sin or, you know, Adam and Eve sin, God curses the ground and it says from the sweat of your brow now, will you bring forth fruit from the ground? Yeah. And so in, in some sense, what Ecclesiastes is talking about then is this, curse that the the earth is under and we humans are under like now unless we can connect ourselves with 
the divine. If unless we can connect ourselves with that calling that God has given us specifically, work is going to feel like work. Yes. And it's going to be thorns and thistles until it we is get a four place. letter word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, um, so part of redemption is that we find our calling not in the things that we, the material things that we gain. It's yeah. not in the p- achievements that we get and the positions that we keep. And it's not in human ad- adoration, but it's in that Why we've been now connected with God in mm-hmm. Jesus Christ to do the work that God has called us to do. And then in that sense, creation and our work is redeemed. And right. I think that's where Ecclesiastes helps us a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Anything Good. on that? No, let's learn from the scripture here. Let's do our best to do it anyway. Um, so learning from the scripture, Dr. Estes goes through and he talks about some of the characteristics of Ecclesiastes. And I think what he brings up is exactly why I think that if you're in a mentoring uh, relationship with someone who's not part of the church, this is why you go with the book of Ecclesiastes, just as the gospel of Mark, if you wanted to start with the gospel is very action oriented and it's kind of the human Jesus oriented. Ecclesiastes starts with the view of humanity, looking up Mm -hmm. to God. And it's less than about like Job. Well, Job was kind of the same way. It's human struggling to understand the, the divine. The divine, yeah. Brings it in more practical terms, right? So when you hear those uh, verses like, or those phrases like under the sun or vanity, vanities, busyness to be busy with, like even second graders come home frustrated because they had busy work to do, <laughs> right? Like truth. Yeah. Life just feels that way. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, God will judge, uh, bottom paragraph or bottom sentence, I guess God will judge the righteous and the wicked. But then he says, God's testing of people is just to show that they are animals for humans meet the same fate. That is, they die just as animals do. I mean, like these are real, like if you're not a theologically driven person or bent person, what is the difference between a human and animal? We both die. We both both die base needs that we want um so anyway that's um that's what i got there what do you got yeah no i i totally agree and i i like how um in the next section that ecclesiastes it was it was hard to get it into the canon um to the hebrew canon and i appreciate that because I understand where maybe the conversation would have taken place. Like, why would we want this in in the Hebrew canon? Because it's amazing. But anyway, well, it is amazing. But can you? I mean, I can just kind of imagine some of the conversations between the rabbis. Like, you know. But I'm thankful that they did because it is it is this realness that life is a struggle um, and that nobody's going to outwit the struggle. Everybody has to struggle with something. Um, So that's very interesting, but that, uh, that it was a conversation starter there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I won't get too terribly into that, uh, but we still struggle with it today. I like they brought up if you um, follow the lectionary, uh, like the Rise Common lectionary, doesn't get a lot of love for Ecclesiastes. 
Ecclesiastes either. I mean, because it's hard. I mean, like, and no, it's not like, you know, it, it is not a straightforward no. nothing. This is a conversation piece. Well, maybe it's too straightforward. Well, maybe that might be what it is because, like, I know, but well, maybe, it yeah. Exposes our as if you're a preacher, you really want to be seen as smart, intelligent, you know, dividing the word of truth, all this jazz. And then you get to Ecclesiastes, it's like, yeah, vanities. What do we know? And yeah. so it's. So in some sense, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, so I think we've kind of talked about that. The first part of that discussion question, do you struggle with finding meaning and purpose in life? Sure. I mean, when we talk about like we human beings, like we, we, we are human beings, not human doings or being, yeah. you know, right? No, I get that. But our work kind of gives our life expression. Yes. And so, um, so maybe that's the struggle we find with meaning and purpose. Sometimes we settle with, with just surviving and then not, you know, I sound like a not book. thriving, not thriving, not right? thriving, just um, surviving. And we've talked about it though, of, of being fruitful and all that. Yeah. So I don't want to do that, but just because I am curious, I think everybody's still trying to shake out how life is different from before <laughs> BP and AC, AP, you know, before AP. pandemic and after pandemic. Um, did you notice anything though that uh, that changed in your life, and and what was it? Uh, well, you know, really, um, honestly, this move this last week has. Well, I don't know. I, I guess after the pandemic, it made it very rare because we were isolated for for a while from each other. It made it very rare to me how important those relationships are with people. And how important those conversations are um, because I missed that, you know, I missed being able to worship together on a Sunday morning and yeah. be in the same room together and just listen to each other singing and, and the Bible studies that we had together and the conversations that, that came from those um, that made it very poignant for me that this part of my spiritual life is so important and, and so meaningful that I, I don't want to give that up again. And, you know, I'm thankful that we found ways like Zoom and other technology that we could continue to have those conversations and not be in the same room, but there's still something just, just so different about being together in the, in the same room. There's an energy um, that's there between people when you're praying together that you don't get through a computer screen. I think I would echo that. I'm an introverted heart and I don't really like going to new situations, meeting new people, being in the center of things. But even for me, it was tough um, to just be without fellowship of other, you know, Christian folk. I did miss that. And, yeah. and I value that now more than I did maybe. And I was yeah. the preacher. So that's an admission. <laughs> That should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. So let's move on to the applying the scripture, sharing mm -hmm. the section. Um, Ecclesiastes is this just unadulterated truth. And I, again, I'm very glad that it's in here. So I like what Dr. Estes says. Time and again, one is driven to admit the truth of what Ecclesiastes has to say, even when one may not want to hear it. Right. Mm -hmm. Ecclesiastes goes on. Ecclesiastes represents an unsweetened dose of realism. 
And, and, and like I said, I think that's why I think that's why I like the book. It's had yeah. a big impact on me, the way I think about scriptures, the way I think about spirituality and so on. Um, goes on to say the book invites discussions of hard questions, right? Uh, yeah, and it, absolutely. Now, here's the thing. It says our world is much different from that of Ecclesiastes almost 3,000 years ago. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's really, maybe the technology has changed, right. um, but people are still people. No matter and, what yeah. age they have come through, we still deal with things in the same way we still have the same attitudes the same personalities so i don't know really that our world's any different um the world yes. okay like it depending on what you just said it's like the technology has changed some of the settings have changed some of our ease of life has changed but like everything i read in the book of ecclesiastes a college student asked me in a religion class yeah essentially um, and human nature hasn't changed that much. We're still terrible. We still want to rebel from God. Pride still runs our life. Every once in a while, we find love. <laughs> like, right? Pretty... Uh, but like, we still struggle with the same things over we do. and over. And, that, and yep. Ecclesiastes says that. Sun rises, sun goes down, rains, goes to the river. I mean, that's like one yeah. generation after the next. Yeah, still the same struggles, you know, trying to find meaning and purpose in your life. And how how does that look? What what do you do with your life? Uh, yeah, it, everybody struggles with the same thing. Yeah, and and so here's here's one. I, I like this on page sixty three. Um, this is good. And this is really good for our culture. It's really good for preachers who are harried and busy. It's really good for just people in general. Last paragraph, page 63. One of the positive gleanings from the book is its insistence that the wise person can find enjoyment in life by recognizing that the present moment is a gift from God. Mm. And the reason I say that is a lot of times, even people, myself included, well, maybe I need to be careful saying this. Good people who try to do good things will focus on the security of their future, the security of their children, to the extent of they will not enjoy the gifts that God gives them today. today. And that's stupid. Because who knows? Tomorrow you may die. Yes. There's a balance to that we got to share there. You're not guaranteed your next breath. So yeah. enjoy it now. Because it is sweet, man. When you stop. It is. It's a sweet it thing. It is. One of the things that I think has changed, like for my husband and I even, and it's not something that we've always done, but in the last couple of years, something that, well, really kind of COVID because I was stuck home all the time um, is our morning time, you know, because we're not guaranteed the next day together. So our mornings are enjoying a cup of coffee together on the front porch because we have this moment right now Thank to just moment. enjoy each other's company and and just share the the early morning together um and just thankful that the day started and we're both still here yeah you know yeah i think and one of the ways this helps i think with a younger crowd is that we talked about this in previous episodes if you're not careful you think like the righteousness and the salvation of the world will depend on you oh. it's not true God is in control no. of these things. And so every once in a while, we can take a breath, a Sabbath day or 
or whatnot. Yes. Say, you know what? The world's going to live. Yes. May you not know, be as good as I want it to be, <laughs> but I can, I can enjoy a little bit of what right. God's giving me now. And I think that yeah. would combat a lot of anxiety and apprehension and just say, no, you know, I'm Surely. not in control of these things. God is. Let me enjoy at least the work of my hands. That's what Ecclesiastes, I mean, like if you can't do anything else, at least enjoy that paycheck. A little bit of it yeah. <laughs> that you get each day or week or whatever. Just enjoy the the time you got now. Yeah, because you you don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. So the discussion question we've kind of just already answered, but yeah. do you sometimes get caught in the past or lost in the future? How do you make sure you enjoy the present moment God has given yeah. you? I think Sabbath is a good answer there. Yes. Uh, a regular practice of Sabbath. Yep. Regular enjoyment of the work of your hands. Yeah. Actually pretty important. And, and don't get caught. I mean, getting caught in the past is a trap for everybody because we like to, and I think we talked about this uh, lesson or two ago. I don't remember when it was. We, we look at the past and we think, oh, the good old days were just that. They were just good. And you forget the struggles and the hard times and the frustration that you went through and churches have the same problem. Um, a lot of the churches that I've talked to, they struggle with, oh, you know, 50, 75 years ago, look, you know, we have pictures of how full our church was and blah, and, and then you feel sorry for yourself. The church feels sorry for itself and it can't get past its past to realize what a future it has. Um, and I think people are the same way that sometimes we get caught in. I used to have it. It was so much better back when blah, 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 that, that we can't see how amazing today is and what our future may hold. It's funny that you say that because I'm the opposite. It's not that I remember the past in this, like, I've never done this. Like, I've never viewed the past as better than what I got now. Because number one, it's not. <laughs> what well, I remember the past about is the failures that I've done, the sins that I've done, the mistakes. That mm. I've made. Sometimes that stops me from moving forward. Wow, so there's a yeah. ditch on both sides there. Sure. I would say. Mm. Um, so yeah, the present moment's important. It is. I think. Yeah. Was that Master Ugwe on Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you. My children would be able to tell you. I would that, not. That said, um, today is in, or the past is in the past and the future is in the future, but today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up, not me. Master Ugwe. <laughs> All right. So thanks uh, for joining us today. Um, I'm, I am super excited about the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, again, think it's great. Um, yeah, give give it your give it your ear, give it your heart, give it your attention. Um, and I look forward to the I guess what eight six five weeks eight five nine, weeks six yeah. weeks whatever it is. Um, and uh, yeah, your church should probably already have the uh, fall encounter. I'm pretty super excited about that. Um, that we were on time and all that good stuff. Yay! That's but awesome. until then. Ecclesiastes it is, and we're going to worry about the yep. present moment. And hit the buttons, like and, like subscribe. and subscribe, and share uh, this video, start a conversation.
we shall. And may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.